heard of. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. Welcome back to Common Folk. Yes, sir. We're back. We're back at it. Come on, Andy. It's that time. Oh, yes, it is. Come on. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here it is. There we go. It must be an evening recording. Yes, after five anyway. Wait, what? No, yes, yes, it is. Okay, it's after five. (laughs) We're going to say it's after five. Does that actually matter? Well, they always say it's five o'clock somewhere, and I guess they're right, so. Totally true. Yeah, take your mind there. Take, take, let your mind take you where you need to go. Yeah. We recorded a couple episodes back that you weren't here. Uh-huh. And it was like in the morning. It was like during the day. Is that the dog? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Millie. Come on. She's trying to dig a spot in the floor. Uh, <laughs> that she moved somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> and we didn't drink anything. Oh, it was that. like 11, Andy. But that was miserable. In the morning. Jesus. Wait, so so no no booze and no Andy. How'd you guys survive? Like, did I? Get it was this a little record? odd. Huh. It was some really good guess, but based on that mm-hmm. that you weren't here and we and we didn't have any beers, do you think anybody will even listen to it? I probably not, especially if I don't post it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you don't edit it for us, you are in charge of that. <laughs> yep. Heck no. yeah, man. So um, we've got. A topic today and I guess that's like I'd say pretty unique like I haven't heard yeah any any mm-hmm. recordings in this arena okay so I'll let you start this one what's up well I mean we're the common folk right that's right and yeah. we're based out of the Midwest and uh, when you say something like what's normal or what's common uh, you get this picture in your head or you don't mean to but you do but we're sitting down with Nebraska's first and I believe only right professional no, there's two. There's two now? Yep. Well, when I when I first met you, you were it. Yep. So we're sitting down with Jackie Sison. Yep. Right? Um, and you're originally from South Sioux City, Nebraska. Correct. And you've been on the circuit or been a pro bags or cornhole player for what, four or five years now? I'm on my fourth year right now. Wow. So, yeah, and that's when we met. It was like four years ago. Because she I, kicked your butt or what? No, nope. Uh um, my news director said, hey, there's this pro cornhole player going to do a, <laughs> like the World Series down in Orlando. Could, could you get a hold of her and do an interview, do a feature on her? And really? that, that's where we met. Yep. Okay. And since that time, I followed her on Facebook. And so I'm always in her corner kind of cheering for her when she, you know, travels the nation doing her thing. So Jackie, so, I'm glad you're here today. This thanks is, for having me. Yeah. yeah, for sure. This is cool. Uh, South Sioux City. Um, that's where our buddies from Big Frig are at, aren't they? In that area, they're in North Sioux City. Yes. Yep. Yeah, they're in North Sioux City, South Dakota. They're in South, South Dakota. South Sioux City is in Nebraska, and Sioux City is in Iowa. So, all right. Oh, wait, yeah, so. State is so confused. Already. Yeah, it's a, it's a confusing area. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like a little tri-state area, so it's yeah. just like all five minutes apart from each other. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to be technical, I'm from Dakota City. I just went to South City High School. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. there's a loop for you. So was that in the South Dakota side? Nope, Nebraska side still. But it's called Dakota City. Yep. So it gets even more confusing. Yeah, well, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track. <laughs> But uh, I kind of wanted to dive into your backstory because uh, I recently listened to and, and watched a, a podcast and some other interviews you, you've done. And I had no idea that your parents were refugees and they got in touch with the church and they found work in Iowa. Yep. And that's how your family was able to 
come over to the United States. So could you kind of take us back there and, and walk us through that story? Let's just kind of start there. Okay. So my, my parents, they were in a, in a refugee in Nong Kai in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And then so when the church sponsored them to Des Moines, Iowa, then that's where kind of that's how they kind of came over to the States. They had my, my oldest sister with them who was um, one years old. And then she was only one born overseas and the rest, and I have three older sisters. The rest were all, the other two were born here, plus including myself. But, um, and, and after that, then he kind of just started out, he had $2 in his pocket, so he didn't have much at all. They didn't know any English. Um, they, you know, leaving there, they left everything behind and they had to start over fresh and kind of just work um, jobs as a like dishwasher or housekeeper. Uh-huh. And then finally they they found the, the um, IVP, the meat meat packing and mm-hmm. Sasu. So that's how we kind of ended up in Sasu and we just kind of been there ever since. And that, that was a job where you didn't necessarily have to speak English and they were hiring and that church group found, found that. And th- that's where it all came from. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, what, that, that's just fascinating. For sure, yeah. yeah. So how long ago, you might have said this and I didn't pick up on it, how long ago did your, your family come here? It was 1981. 81, so you weren't born. Nope. You were born in the U.S.? Yep. Yeah, okay. And you have how many sisters? Or Three older sisters. Three older sisters. Uh, and from what I gathered, sports just in general was a big part of your upbringing your family. It was for me, yep. Um, my my other sister, just one other sister, she kind of played soccer and did cross country, but then sports was just kind of like my life and it was just kind of like my thing. And we're all different from each other. We're all different, unique in our own ways, but it was, it was just kind of nice because we all kind of had different subjects that we could always um, ask each other and, and, you know, just kind of work together. Yeah. What was your favorite uh, sport growing up? Probably basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you played for your high school team? Mm-hmm. You know, in like club teams or whatever. Yep. In the town. Okay. Yep. Sweet. And did it not work out because you're so short? <laughs> I was. I already had like offers out for for soccer. So yeah, just. I oh, mean, soccer. Okay, so you had. So you played basketball and soccer, but you you liked basketball better. But, but I ended up going in, with soccer just because the scholarship. Yeah, scholarship offers. offers. Sure. Yep. It's more money for that. So. Yeah. Yep. So where'd you go to school for soccer? So I ended up at Briarcliff in Sioux City. Okay. And then um I. My goal was to transfer to UNC and play over there, but with my blood disorder, it kind of just I had setbacks and um, just got stuck at Bradcliffe and just finished my four years there. Okay, you just graduated. Nope, I graduated in 2012. 12, okay, okay. But but walk people down that, because this is a really unique type of deal, your blood disorder, and it really derailed what you could do as far as basketball, soccer, so you had to find other avenues. So. What what exactly happened? How did, how did you find out, and what 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 is, what is actually going on? So my freshman year, I kind of just um, is this freshman high school or college? I'm in, sorry. in college, okay. sorry. And yep. everybody was pretty good. I mean, you had the best the best athletes from every high school there playing. So it just I felt like I was just out of shape or either just not keeping up with everybody. So then I just would. Would do two, three, two, two to three days practice with with the team, and then I would go to the gym on the side and work out more because I thought I was so out of shape. Because I was I wasn't used to being like the last one to finish a, a drill or something. So then um, I just 
kept kept going with it, but I, I had chest pains, and so I went to the doctor and, and kind of figured out that I had a blood disorder. And then so after I, I found that out, it was um, I had to, they kind of cut my time with playing time and everything, because if I forced myself too much, then it was gonna be um, I could I could get like failed organs, mm-hmm. so that I wasn't getting oxygen um, carried to my organs. So then I really had to just kind of just be there for my for my teammates and then just yeah tried tried to play but it was just it was really hard it was hard to just run in general um just doing the treatments on top of that because there, there wasn't many hematologists around the area that kind of even knew about the what i had what i have is e-beta thalassemia so it's like the worst type of thalassemia that you can have but um basically it's just my red blood cells they don't mature all the way so that's why they're not carrying oxygen fast enough to the to my organs, so then I'm not getting oxygen, um, and I start getting chest pains or like head pains, and and so it just makes it hard to breathe. The da- dalassemia is the the overall thalassemia. disorder. Yep, it's the type of anemia. Okay, which means uh, not getting, not having enough oxygen in the blood. Anemia. Um, it your red your red blood cells. Um, you, basically, like I was getting blood transfusions to get more red blood cells. Okay. But then my, my body was also fighting the iron overload from all the transfusions that I was getting. So then the iron overload is what was going to cause my organ failure. So the treatment was kind of part of the problem as well. Yes. Yeah. So then did you have to stop treatments like once they figured this out or it's something you had to do? I was on like iron chelators to, to take out um, the iron but it was it was really hard to take that medication because you're constantly nauseous Ugh. and just like throwing up and stuff. And it was just it was just hard to my body mm-hmm. in general. So um, then I, I picked up tennis two years later. So I was doing soccer and tennis at the same time. But I thought it'd be like less endurance and stuff. And I mean, it, it was fine. It was fun. It was just um, I just never really even I only played tennis with my dad just for fun. Yeah. And so I, I knew the coach because um he would see me play with my dad at the gym. So he's like, hey, I know you play tennis. Like, why don't you come join the team? We'll give you a scholarship. So I'm like, I'll give that a shot. And then, um, so I just thought my dreams of, you know, becoming a pro soccer player was gonna end and um, going to UNC, the school I wanted to go to. And um, just, I just kept kept challenging myself and just kept trying to keep up with any sport that I could. Cause that was just the love, the love, from, the love of the comp- competitiveness Mm -hmm. and um the games for me well and just thinking about we have a a daughter that just finished her career at colorado state playing soccer Mm -hmm. um so just that mentality that you have to have of now i'm probably not going to play that much or i don't know i just it was hard i mean like yeah it it sucks because like i loved it so much and i was like well what i do now because i can't i can't play anymore you know and and my health was a lot more important so i had to take that seriously and it was just kind of, um, it was difficult, but I definitely managed through it and just, just kind of found a love on the coaching side more. So I was kind of more, um, you know, just coaching like like little little league teams or even um, I was a sports performance coach. So I was um, coaching athletes to, for like rehab and um, sports agility, mobility, okay. strength and conditioning. So I was doing that with high schools and colleges. Throughout my um, my last few years in college, is that what you went to school for? I went to school for pre physical therapy, um, sports science. Okay, so it kind of fits with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And can... it's definitely not what I wanted to do, but because um, I wanted to be an athletic trainer. Yeah. 
So then when I did an internship as a sports performance coach, I just loved it because it was like I had to manage my stuff. So I kind of knew everything, how to manage everything and diet everything. And then so when um, other athletes need help, like I knew exactly, I like I like to put that stuff together mm-hmm. and find things that work out for them because I had to find things that worked out for me. Sure. Wow. And I speak. I think that speaks volumes to you know. You talk about your competitiveness, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're you're a grinder, and you're not going to allow even a very serious blood disorder to derail you from being a college athlete, partaking in sports. So, okay, soccer is definitely not going to work out here. So then you found tennis, and I, and talk about a phenomenal you know athlete that we're here with because. Okay, yeah, now I'm just a collegiate tennis player. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, because how many, I mean, how many um, uh, players would you see that would be like, man, okay, you know, this isn't, I, I can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. and this is my thing and whatever, and then they just move on to, I don't know, I guess, like a job or whatever, right, you right. know. Kind of give it up. Yeah, they feel yeah. defeated, whatever, they yeah. don't do anything. And then, you know, like you said, you're like, well, if I can't do this, I, you know, I still love sports. I'm, I'm going to go do this now or whatever and trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. How to keep that going? Yeah, I, I stuck on the soccer team for all four years too. It just tennis was a different season, so it's kind of nice just to sure. transition over to a different sport. But it was, I still try to keep up with soccer. I just didn't get as much playing time as I wanted. Yeah, but I also knew that I had to just really take it easy. And it was some sometimes I could I had more gas than other days, just like being able to run. But then some days it's like I just did a little drill and I was like, man, I'm I'm winded. I need to sit down because I knew I knew my body better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So I knew when to sit down and when I could keep going and push myself a little more and stuff. So God, that's just crazy. So the your doctors were telling you to you know take your foot off the pedal and you go ahead and just enter a whole another collegiate sport. So you're a dual sport athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also awesome. I was thinking too how like yeah how cool though that the coach did keep you. Right, mm-hmm. the soccer coach, yep. and let you kind of declare what you could and couldn't do. Yep. Because I feel like sometimes that would just be really easy for mm-hmm. a coach to write you off, or I don't know if you were, on, you know, on any scholarship or whatever. But mm-hmm. it, I just think, and then the willpower that you have to like want to stay on the team—that's mm-hmm. a whole nother level. Yeah, it definitely still pushed me, and I mean, I still had this. He never took away my scholarship, even though I couldn't play as much. But um. It was still I was still there and I was still um, pushing my teammates on the sidelines yeah. even when I when I couldn't because I mean I knew I wanted to be out there but I knew that I needed to cheer them on and you know set a good vibe and and um, have that good sportsmanship for everyone else and just not be a, a vibe killer. That's, yeah, yeah, so. that's exactly what I was thinking about. Just in these few minutes so far that we've been speaking and picking up on who you are, I'm sure that you were uh, really good for the team. You know being a part of that and mm-hmm. and like exactly like you said encouraging them and and bringing like some some light you know to the game and 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 probably uh you know in the little bit that you'd get to play uh inspirational mm-hmm. you know the other players watching you and being like man if she's gonna go out there and do this and you know put in this effort mm-hmm. and commitment mm-hmm. and blah 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 then i better figure it out yeah you know mm-hmm. and i would think from a coach standpoint if the coach recognized that which probably did that's a uh, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't, uh, you can't go find kids like that necessarily. So that's a, that's a big win for the coach. Like have, have that kind of inspiration on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want a locker room full of Jackies. Oh gosh. Yeah, I mean, Heck don't yeah. You? I mean, now I did listen to a couple of the other interviews 
And you admitted that you did have some run-ins with a little depression. You felt that you weren't good enough. Oh, yeah, or, for sure. And did did tennis and soccer and just being part of those worlds, does that just kind of help you work through that? Or, or how, how did you kind of battle that and then, I mean, come out on the other end in just such a positive light like we were talking about, an inspiration for the team, picking up a second sport? It was really hard just because, like, after practice, I would, I would go to class, practice, and I would just be in my dorm room and I just I still remember I'd, I was watching like One Tree Hill so it was just it was just kind of just that's all I did was just you know and I never wanted to go to class stuff but I still did and no one saw me unless it was in class or my um, job or um, or sports but it was just I just had to pull myself out of that and it was it was kind of hard um, it wasn't like the sports that kind of because it kind of it was hard for me to kind of um to step away and then, or because I felt mm-hmm. like I'd always be in a bad mood or something. Mm-hmm. But so I really just was happy for everyone else, and then I would just kind of just go do my own thing. And then I kind of just figured it out after I, I think I left college. Mm-hmm. Then when I moved to Omaha, then um, I started playing Satan volleyball, and I think that's when it kind of happened. I never really thought about like how it, I kind of got out of that depression, but it was just kind of, um, I think it was volleyball. I played three to four times a week, like okay. Satan volleyball, and Fun. it just, I just kind of forgot about it and it just I guess I just fell out of fell out of depression yeah. and then um that was my new thing until Cornhole just came so I was doing volleyball for a few years until t- until Cornhole I mean like super athlete over here I kind I of know. feel like I should I <laughs> not be drinking this beer or I should go run a mile or something right now but that's perfect let's jump right into fast forward to Cornhole how did you get wrapped up in this world and 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 then take it to a professional level yeah i think a lot of folks they'll see it on espn or nbc on the weekends and like oh my god i can't believe this stuff's on tv well yes it is and there's actually a professional league behind it and and you're one of the the members mm-hmm. so i i just went and played a, um a league and and i met some people you know and my buddy that had asked me to play in the league with him we were both social players we just kind of um went to the game and we just got our butts whooped. And I was like, man, this is embarrassing. I hate losing, you know, like, I mean, we never, we never lost in volleyball either. Like we were so, we were so good. And then I was like, man, we suck at this. Like what's up? <laughs> and so I asked all these people like, how'd you guys, you know, like get into this blah, blah. blah. And they like, oh, come to this league with us as um, an ACL event. So it's a blind draw. So you, dr- you draw your partner. But like, I hated being like the disappointment in people's faces when they ha- would have to like draw me or something, okay. you know, and like, because I was a new player, and then so, so I always remember that because that's why I always make new players feel welcome. But we'll get back, we'll yeah. get back to that later. But so then after, um, after that happened, like I end up, you know, I was making fun of everyone that brought their own bags, and I was like, "How much did you buy your bags for?" And I'd like giggle with my friend, and we would start laughing. And <laughs> someone, someone had spilled like I remember like a red drink or something on someone's bags, and he got so upset, and. Like, we were just like, dude, it's just a cornhole bag, you know, and, and mm. I, like, I get over it. <laughs> yeah. So, not, but now I get it now. I, yeah. I absolutely get it now. But, but yeah, that's, that's how it was though. And then so we ended up buying um, our own set of bags. And I remember her and I, we, we got bags at the same time. And then I just went to go practice a week by myself, just straight every single day. Every time when the brewery opened, I was there. And then I just threw, it was that lucky bucket I threw. I threw from open to close oh for one gosh. for a week straight. I was addicted to the game. I'm like, hey, this is something I can do, you know. And 
thinking about now because I mean during COVID I played a lot of virtual cornhole. I was getting over ten thousand steps in, so it's it's still really yeah. So. Just walking back and forth yeah. between the two. Yep. What what do you what that's, what's that'd the be like official name? Twenty seven feet. Twenty seven feet from front to front. And what's the official name of the board? Is there like or is it just like that's the board? The board is a is two by four. Yep. And um, then, but do you call it something in particular? You just call it the board. The just the board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. boards. Yep. Um, okay. But yeah, it just so 20- two by four, 27 feet. Cause I've been at a lot of, um, tailgates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no mm-hmm. one knows. Yeah. And there's a lot of argument about what the oh, sure. actual, yeah. <laughs> this oh, is. Yeah. so now we know we're saying yeah. it right here, 27 feet. And what about the bags? Like it, they're a pound each six by six by six, a pound each, but of real, um, what's resin in beads. It? Resin beads. Yep. Plastic okay. resin beads. Okay. So that's what's in like the competitive bags. Yep. Okay. But and, and you'll probably find lots of things in all kinds of bags all over the place. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Can you tell the difference? Definitely. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we have um, we go out and do like farm shows and stuff. Like we were talking about this farm focus brand earlier, mm-hmm. and we'll go out. We'll go to county fairs and things like that, and we'll set up boards and bags and just for people to come through and play. Mm-hmm. But we legit have bags that <laughs> my sister can sew. So she made these bags, and we actually filled them with field corn. Because yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. this is cornhole. Like, how yeah. do we not have corn yeah. in the bags? So that's that, what we play with. Well, I think that's how it got its name because yeah. of the old bags. Uh, they were all were. And yeah. you mentioned the ACL you're part of. That's the American Cornhole League, just yep. so folks mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But I think the farm-focused bags, they should be filled with corn. And he made they the should, boards. Yeah. They're really good. Like, I don't know. I think I mean, great. they look cool, but they yeah, probably but they like, act. I don't know. Do you have boards that you will play on that you're like, eh? It doesn't sink. The bag moves too much. Like they're, or too, like, like they're too slick they, they're or too just, sticky. Yeah, or, it just depends on like the coating or it's just yeah. like if it's a, a tournament board. Yeah, I'm a little more picky on it. But then at a social at a social you event, I'm not gonna be like, yo, this is not the mm-hmm. you know the board that we're not supposed <laughs> to play on. This is not official. Like I just really just try to have fun with the game because that's how I started. Was just yeah, you know, was just to have fun. I'm I, when I'm playing at like just social events or local events. I'm not trying to come over and beat on everybody and you know whatever so i'm just trying to grow the game a little bit and just trying to teach people a little more or people that want to grow and actually get into the game because the league's actually kind of you know everyone can play and everyone can win and it's a really it's a really um easy sport to pick up for anybody at any age Mm -hmm. is it Mm -hmm. okay is there a certain age requirement there's not really that's why the other nebraska pro he's 15 years old and it's actually Mason's little brother um, from Hardington, Nebraska. Hmm. So it's just these little kids, they, they are, they're starting to bounce the bag and um, they're rolling it and stuff. So there's just so many different other type of companies that, um, that create these bags now. And there's so many options to choose from, like whatever type of bags you want. If you want a, a carpet bag or um, a faster bag, it just, just really depends. Wow. Hmm. That, okay, that is like way more so, than I So knew. I think what you're saying is that each player can have their own bag and and then you buy it based on the um, the features it has that you like. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Okay, but can yeah. you bring any bags to any tournaments or there's regulations as long as on it the bags? Fits probably the size and the weight. As long as this um, ACL approved. Oh, they, okay. So, so they AC, ACL has stamps on their bags. Um, so if, if you want to start making bags for ACL, you kind of, you, you have to get it approved through them. Gotcha. And then they approve, you get like 10 sets per brand. So not, not everyone has like 10 sets, um, but you can create all types of different types that you want. So most, most bags, 
will have two different sides to mm-hmm. it, a fast side and a slower side. Oh. But so it just depends on the speed or if you want like a slow on both sides and just kind of a little bit faster, just completely all fast. Or there's like a game changer bag, which is like a little patch. Um, so you'll throw a certain bag based on how the other bags are presenting themselves on the board. Correct. So it just depends Dang. on the humidity. That's how I choose the bag that I'll want to play that day. Sometimes okay. I'll switch throughout the day just because the humidity will change or boards start to play faster or slower or just um, starts to get sticky. So I'll, I'll switch off. But some people like those those sticky boards, and sometimes it does help, but it just really depends on um, the type of bags that you, you throw or the brand that, you, that you're throwing. Yeah. Hmm. Are you right-handed or left-handed? Right-handed. So it was like your right arm waves stronger? Or like, is it bigger? <laughs> it definitely, I, I felt, I feel like I have to definitely even out my arms you now. You work but out your left to get it? <laughs> yep. So that's Do you I'm ever just, throw left-handed then? I did when, um, I, during virtual, I kind of had an injury just because I was thrown in a slanted garage. So I had to put so much more spin on the bag just to keep it on the board. Otherwise it would just ricochet, it would just ricochet <laughs> off. Okay. But then, um. So I was putting so much spin on the bag that my hand was all swollen and I, I couldn't even, I could, I could really grip a bag. Just because you were trying to deal with whatever environment you were in to get it to land right. Yep. And then during virtual, that's, that's how I was making my money was just, um, oh, was gotcha. just playing virtual cornhole yeah. all day. Dang. So, that's so mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when everyone, you know, when we were at our like curfew thing and we had to stay in our house and stuff and I just went and played cornhole all the time. Yeah. That's Might as well. Wild. I didn't even know that was going on. It's it's still like they still have, um, they call it ghost cornhole or just you know um, you're just basically playing against a ghost. Um, so if it's like a ghost eight, then you're pl- the other the ghost has eight points every single round. So every time mm. you're throwing, you're just playing against eight points. Mm. So then that's how you score everything. And really? then it was like, was it all just like broadcasted on YouTube or something like that, or? So people did it through Zoom or you could do it um, through Facebook Live, but then it was still through the ACL software. So you just had to um, kind of put your stats. You had to put your stats in there and show the score, but then it was Facebook Live, so people knew you weren't cheating. And did you have to, like, did you have to buy in? Did you have to pay to be a part of it? Yep. And then you And then you could, if you won, then you would get a payout. Yep. So it would be, like, probably, like, average is, like, $10 buy-in, and mm-hmm. then um, they would just pay out, like, the top players. And then some some just depending on what tournaments you play in, a lot of them will have like um, a sponsorship where they'll throw more money into the pot. Hmm. So it'd be entry fees plus that, and then whatever the director wants to take out or if they don't take anything out. Interesting. Yeah, I think I see on, well, on your jersey, you're wearing Bush Beans. Yep. Uh, and then I, I also I see- I do like those. Yeah. <laughs> and then I see Johnsonville Brats on a lot of the yep. boards or at center court. Some of our top <laughs> sponsorships, yep. Those are big big brands in the, in the ACL. Yep. Bacardi Spice and um, Mike's Hard Lemonade, Johnsonville um, Sausages, and then Bush Beans. Nice. Hmm. So do they send you guys some stuff too? Or is it like a gift bag when you win? I mean, they have like (laughs) little pickup bags at some events and stuff. And um, sometimes they have the Bacardi girls coming out, giving out shots and or just, you know, (laughs) passing out drinks and stuff. So it's kind of nice. I I didn't go in, but I've been to the Bush Beans uh, headquarters. Really? And where they make them. Where's that? It was in Tennessee. No. Oh. Did, yeah. did you meet Duke the dog? I did not. No. I didn't because I didn't go in there, but I drove past it like two or three times. I was working mm-hmm. for a company at the time that I had to travel through the area all the time. And it was back in the like basically in the middle of nowhere, like in these hills and hmm. like you couldn't find it if you didn't know it was there, I don't think. But it was cool. I wanted to stop. 
Because I dig them. Like every yeah. time I'm at the grocery store, Very I get good. bush beans. I can't wait to I eat know, them. I know, we do. That's so funny. <laughs> eat them for everything. So, what's the biggest competition you then have gone to? Maybe not even one, but like um, it was just advertised all over ESPN or, you know, what? I mean, pretty much all our pro events are, are broadcast. Okay. Broadcasted. So, we were broadcasted on CBS Sports and um, ESPN. Okay. But then also for the USA, we we have um, NBC Sports on that side. Nice. So I've been to um, I've been to both. Okay. And the furthest place you've gone? Um, I mean, maybe Canada. I mean, we're international now, so we'll be having more events overseas and everything. Um, just to play cornhole, Canada is probably the farthest I've gone. But otherwise, I've I've gone everywhere uh-huh. in the in the nation. So. Um, but I know that we we are um, putting something together, or the the league is putting something together to go overseas more often. And I know we brought in more players um, that we played with virtually, and teamed up with them um, just to play against each other, just virtually, just to kind of get other countries into it. Okay. And then once the I know that USA um, the USA director is working on getting the getting us in the Olympics, which is going to happen. It just the process of putting everything together right now. Hmm. Dang, that would be sweet. Yeah, we might be talking to an Olympian here. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I can so, keep up with all the kids. <laughs> I guess my question is, where did Cornhole start? Like, do you even know any of the, like, history? Was it something that it started in the United States? Or is it somebody other country's game? I'm not really sure where it started, but I know there was another, another league that um, that started, that was around longer than the ACL. Okay. But they're not broadcasted at all. Um, they're kind of our rivals right now, but ACL is the only cornhole that is broadcast on TV right gotcha. now. Mm. Sweet. Yeah, and and you've recently, uh, from the interview I was listening to, you've been inducted into the Lao American Sports Hall of Fame. Or yep. Is that true? Yep. So, I mean, we're talking to a Hall of Famer here too, guys. Guys. Where's that at? Um, so I think they're located in Illinois, mm-hmm. but it just they're just um, basically taking Lao American athletes and just um, trying to trying to find them here in the states and and getting them on their podcast and um, basically getting recognized and everything too. What does Lao specifically mean? Because you talked about you're from Tha- your family's from Thailand, is right? My my family's from Laos. Laos, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So so Lao would be short for Laotian. Gotcha. Okay. And that um, encompasses like what countries? It's between it's Southeast Asia. It's between okay. um, Thailand and Vietnam. Okay. okay. It's like right along the Mekong River. Okay. So you still have family? Yep. There. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. what does your family think about like what's going on right now? You st- I mean, are you still in close touch with them? And I'm going back home um, here in February. Uh huh. And um, I'm actually building a sanctuary out there for cats and dogs. So it's now is this in? Wow, you do love animals. <laughs> she is, said this earlier. Is this in South Sioux City? Is that what you're talking about? No, I'll I'll be doing it in Laos. In you're Laos. going back to Laos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right before COVID started, I had already got the land, and um, my dad was kind of helping me helping me out with it, and he got electricity poles up for me. But then when COVID happened, I wasn't able to work on it anymore because we weren't allowed back. Hmm. Just until like a few months ago, they opened it back up for everybody to um, revisit or to enter Laos again. So is, is that where your dad is now? Nope. My parents are in Dakota City. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, Dakota City, right. 
So that that's where your family lives, but they make they make their way back and forth when they can. Yep. Like um all their siblings are pretty much still over there. My dad just has um a younger brother and sister here in town too that lives in South Sioux. But then most of my family is they're all still in Laos right now. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, and uh, you'll really get into this Morgan, you can relate. She's a big deer hunter. You are? Yep. I just oh, started. Yeah. I didn't didn't get one this weekend. Oh, <laughs> you'll yet. get one though. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. You will. We still have some days. Mm-hmm. So you hunt. Yep. And you've. Gotten... I love it. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. After I interviewed her like four years ago, you know, I started following her on on Facebook. Yeah. In her, you know, you have an ACL account there, mm-hmm. and then I saw some success pictures of you deer hunting. I'm like, what? <laughs> you also oh, yeah. deer like, hunt? And you left that out? Like <laughs> yeah. that's Andy's thing. Yeah, I love right hunting. Now. Yeah. Is it around? Do you hunt around here? Um, I hunt in Homer. Okay, yeah. Homer, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So that's closer to uh, Dakota City or South Sioux, right? Yep. Homer so is, it's yeah. like South Sioux, Dakota City, then Homer's the next town. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, so did you get anything this weekend? I did not go. You didn't go? Nope. This is my first weekend in town, actually, um, in Omaha. So I just kind of just, um, I helped some friends out. I um, nannied and then just so they can go to a concert. And then I hung out with hung out with Mason and um, just kind of just saw some friends and yeah. yeah and then so normally on those weekends home I like to actually just be home spend time with my cats and just be home. <laughs> yeah, because you travel a lot. Yep. So I'm, most time I'm home like two days of the week, be- just because uh, the the flights are kind of hard to find. Um, leaving Omaha just to get wherever I need to go and, yeah. or, and coming back, so I'll have to leave like Thursday morning and then. I get back like late Monday, so then I'm here like Tuesday, Wednesday. But season just started, so that's why it's kind of slow right now. But um, they kind of started the season a little faster than I thought they would. Okay, so, so I kind of didn't really have you a break. It? Yeah, <laughs> it's like no off season for Cornell for sure. Wow, <laughs> I think that's a great um, kind of depiction of like hunters. You know what we talk about? Like, there's so mm-hmm. many people that have this you know negative connotation of hunting, mm-hmm. and you take someone who clearly is an animal person. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're, I don't kill anything I don't eat. So like it just, exactly. everything that, just yeah. for food source. That's, that's yeah. the point that I'm getting yeah. at. Mm-hmm. Like you, t- you, you're literally taking the time and money to go through the effort to create this animal sanctuary or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're creating over there. Um, so obviously you have a love for them, yep. but you understand the hunt and the love for the hunt and what comes of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, I think that's a great contrast yeah. because that's how most, yeah. Hunters are. I mean, that's how we are. Yeah. That's how we feel about everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and I was texting with you, lining this all up over the weekend, and I, I shot you a picture of my wife who yeah, actually awesome. got that dough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, the, like the first thing you said, do you guys do you guys eat your dough? You, you guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we do. We, yes. we process. Yeah. They introduced <laughs> us to uh, deer burgers. Yeah. Yeah, I've never actually had a deer burger before. Oh, so we're going to have to have a little cookout here. Yeah, Maybe at a cornhole event, right? Boom. There you there we go. go. We got the boards. We got the player. I can bring the deer burger. Yep. There we go. Yep. Boom. We could all learn. It's a party. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I keep saying wow because I'm kind of blown away with all the things, honestly, that you do. Um, well, and when I was trying to get a hold of you, you were still in San Diego. And the first time I met you, you were getting ready to go out to Orlando. So, like, what's a typical... I guess year of cornhole like do you go to like 12 events and they're all in different cities or or is it just all over the board it's 
there's so there's open shootouts and then there's nationals and then there's world championships and then there's all the USA events too. So there's like um, there's just so many so many events and then they have the random pro invitationals which um, it's it it doesn't mm-hmm. guarantee every single pro but um, I made one of them I think it wasn't last season the season before in 2021 um, the top eight males and top eight females. It was a ESPN Pro Invitational, so they just put us together, um, the top eight males and females, and then we just played for $25,000. And that was um, on July 4th after the Nathan's um, Hot Dog Eating Contest. So that was, that was the ESPN broadcast. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Andy's good at hot dog eating contests. Uh, that was, no, that's corn. Oh, no, that's right. It was corn. corn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a corn yeah. Yeah, like, I, I do baseball commentating for the Corn Belt League here in Omaha, mm-hmm. a collegiate league, and they always, at their all-star game, they do this corn eating contest. Just one, you know, one piece of corn. Yeah. And I won it a year ago and I got edged what? out this year. It was a total fail on the official <laughs> side. It wasn't me. Uh, I should have had the crown again. But you won. I saw it. You won. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gearing up for next year. I'm competitive too. And I'm, I'm going to win yeah. it next year. <laughs> so uh, with with what you're doing with this um, Cornhole League and all that, is that something that you can, you can do and you can support yourself in everything that you want to do or do you have to have another job? So this is my second season that I'll be um, only doing cornhole. Okay. So I was able to quit my job last last year um, and just only do cornhole. Now, was that the goal? Yes. Okay. Just because of all the travel and it was just, it's hard to have a set schedule. Yeah. Um, just because it's so random sometimes and the schedule was kind of all over, especially with COVID and um, us being the only sport that was broadcasted still um it was it was nice so i knew i just wanted to just take advantage of that and just grow the just grow as an individual and try to get up there and and try to get um on top of the sport Hmm. now something you told me the first time we met was you just really liked the vibe when you first got into the cornhole Mm -hmm. scene what what is that vibe like it just right when you go somewhere it just like all those groups there's so many different groups and Everyone's just so welcoming and, you know, we just, we all throw and it just, everyone, you know, they like having a good time. They all drink, they all, and, um, they just, it just, everyone's just so nice and kind. Yeah. So you do drink while you throw. Yes. But do you know your limit so you don't get too tipsy? Yep. Okay. Like for for a while I had to, um, (laughs) I, I had to drink just to get my nerves on a little bit. Um, it wasn't really like nerves. It was more like, um, me being, getting in my head. Um, I would get so mad at myself, and then I would just throw worse otherwise. So if I drank, I was kind of like in the in the mood where, oh, well, who cares about that? They just do better, you know, and, and yeah. I did. And so it kind of helped out. But then this, um, not, this, not this past weekend, the weekend before, I, would, I went to Battle of the Queens. So there was 254 girls that showed up. Mm. Um, I played completely sober, and it was really different. I mean, my mind was all over, but then um, I actually – in the rounders, I end up tenth out of two hundred fifty-four girls. Dang! So it was. So I, I know I can do it. So I was just like, okay, well, just gotta practice it more. So mm-hmm. that's that's gonna be my next goal. Just um, just because I know for the, if I ever want to play in the Olympics, I mm-hmm. know that you're not gonna be able to drink sure. or yeah. you know do anything. So it's just it's 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 kind of just you know um, just playing sober and, and having that mental um, focus and yeah. that leisure. Yeah. focused and so i'm just trying to practice that right now and try to get myself at that higher level 
that's what, what I'm working at right now. That's pretty cool. I mean, you, a lot of things that you've said here that we've been talking about, like you just, you think about something that you want to do and mm-hmm. you're just like, all right, I'm going to go do this now. Yeah. I'm going to go do this now or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it could be totally opposite of what you're doing before, but you just decide you're going to do that. And then you, you go and freaking do it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of yep. people can do that. Or <laughs> no. I think a lot of people <laughs> could could if they actually had your mentality right and I think your work ethic I'm so competitive and you is know that what um, it is? my I'm so goal oriented so if I set a goal I have to I have to make that goal mm-hmm. and it's just like if I don't then I get so mad at myself and just like I know that I'll be mad at myself so it's like just do it where do you, you know? think that comes from was that was that like an example you had growing up or it's just something that's in you um I think it was just in me but my dad was also um he pushed me a lot too but um at the same time, like, you know, it just kind of, I think it was just from from me and just because I felt like, well, all my sisters are pretty goal-oriented too, but we just have, like, different type of goals. But it just, mine was just always something that always was competitive for me, I guess. Because yeah, I, I like to challenge myself. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, your dad, I mean, I don't know your parents or whoever, whatever, mm-hmm. what they went through to get here. And to, you know, try to build a better life for the kids they were going to have and so on and so forth. Like that's, that had to go through a lot for that. So, and that's obviously something that you're aware of and had seen. Yep. And Definitely. When I went back home, I knew I was taking too many things for granted. Yeah. So um, when I was younger and I used to go back home, I, I kind of just, um, just kind of shrugged it off. But then as I got older, I kind of understood things more and like um, to be more thankful for things and everything. And just, so I think it, it kind of helped me going back home or going back to see how my parents did everything and how they still cook an open fire now or hmm. um, just how some of them don't even have like like flushing toilets and stuff. It just kinda, it's kind of crazy. And just how they get their food. And um, I just remember eating with my dad and I'm like, why are these chicken wings so small? And my dad's like, they're not on steroids. Like, like the steaks, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it was tiny. So I was just like, wow, this is... So I knew I was taking so many things for granted. So it just put me in a different mindset. And then so now I just, I think... Um, it just learned a learning experience, which makes me think the way that I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's, uh, I was just noting, noticing as you're talking, you've got a tattoo on your arm. What's that about? It says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, Isaiah 43, too. What does that mean to you? Um, just that I've been through so much stuff and that I was going to get, you know, just going to keep reminding me that I'm going to get through it. Mm-hmm, so it's just like, mm-hmm. no matter how many waves you go through or whatever and how much you're drowning, it just you'll find a way out, find your way out of it. So this is kind of a spontaneous tattoo too. So it was kind of, um, it was on my golden birthday when I turned 29. Um, I had a dream that I was getting a tattoo and then I woke up like at seven in the morning and I had a text from my sister asking me, do you want to get a tattoo for your, for your birthday? Wow. And oh. I never had a tattoo. So I was like, I have to get it now. What? So I, I didn't even know what I wanted. I just knew I kind of wanted to cross, but then, um, I the guy was going to charge us the same amount no matter what. So I was like, I might as well just try to make it bigger or something, you know. And so I was like, I'm just going to gonna take my favorite verse that meant something to me. And so um, that's that's how I ended up with this tattoo. But it totally makes sense based on everything that we've been yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Axel. In that one of those past interviews, uh, the guy said, yeah, that gratitude's the best attitude. Mm-hmm. And, man, that just really plays into what you were saying, the going back home seeing what what's going on there and then coming here just i think of it all the time like man we really have it good if mm-hmm. if this is what i'm complaining about on any given day 
we got it pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the the chickens you're even talking about, like no one would even think of that. But I'm guessing chickens and louse could still fly. Like they're still birds. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just really small and skinny, you know. And and why I'm building a sanctuary is because actually the food that I was putting out for the cat that like they're just cats that always just came and found me. And they mm-hmm. I think they knew that I was going to help them or like dogs and stuff. They just always came to me. And so I would go to the market every single day and because um, they just had like an open market and I would just buy like a bunch of fish and then I had um, I had it cooked open fire, but then someone was stealing the cat's food. Uh-uh. And so I, you know, talked to my dad about it and my dad my dad went and talked to them and they're just, you know, they're saying like, well, it's not fair that the cats are eating better than us. So then my heart just broke and I was like, wow. So mm-hmm. I made sure I bought enough for like everyone at that point and mm. like whatever they wanted and stuff just to make sure that is I I knew my parents talked to me about it before that um when they were kids like meat was hard to to buy mm-hmm. so they they were eating a lot of vegetables or just like shrimp paste and stuff and and um so then that's kind of you know I knew I had to do something because yeah. if people can't take care of themselves and feed themselves like those animals out there aren't being taken care of so that's why that's the huge like main reason why I want to build build a sanctuary out there. So when when you go back there. Do do the folks that live there know you? Yep. Like, do they know what what you do and and what you, and oh. everything you're involved in here? Um, no, not really. It's okay. it's it's still. Um, I mean, when I was there, I was just you know riding a bike down the street, and they're like, they're singing aloud, like, oh, the American girls riding the bike down the street. Everyone just comes out and just watches me because where my parents are from is not a touristy area, so it's, I look different to them just because I, I'm more Americanized, I think. Mm. And then, um, just so, from the clothes you're wearing, you yeah, think? just clothes and okay. like you know highlights in my hair and stuff, okay. or, or just like my contacts and stuff. So it just, I had some people that um, would come up and ask if they could just take a picture, just because that was like cool to them to see that someone else that's not from Los was there. Okay, but so, it wasn't because you're such a big wig here and stuff. No, like they, no, <laughs> <laughs> she's a celebrity. Like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've like I. They, they, they told me, like, to bring all my friends. They just want to see people. Like, oh, we want to see some American people. Like, bring them. So, yeah, I actually have my friend Mason going with me to Laos. Um, it's going to be his first time overseas, too. And um, he actually just got his passport today. So nice. we're going to be planning that trip here soon. And he's coming with um, my parents and I. And then I think my sister and brother-in-law might be coming, but we're not for sure yet. Okay. But, yeah, cool. everyone's pretty pretty much welcome to come with me if they want to go. Nice. Wow, awesome. Andy, <laughs> so are you going? going? I want to now. <laughs> Definitely can. <laughs> Make you sure ha- you're taken care of. Do you have a name for the sanctuary or anything you've thought about for that? Um, I haven't thought of anything yet. Um, yeah. I just right now, like when I get back there, I know I'm, I'm just going to be doing the Ford plan and just seeing how I can separate the dogs and cats and um, fencing and everything. And I we're right along the river, so it's a good water source too. Um, but it's just. I think I'm going to just try to get some dorms built up there just for volunteers or just um, others to come out there to help, too. Yeah. And then um, my main goal is just to kind of slow down the population and just get all the dogs, cats, neutered and spayed and some medical care. And mm. then um, just kind of keep them safe from from everything else. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then to hire locally, obviously. And yep. then how do you... Mm. With people building it, I mean, obviously, there's people there that want to start helping you. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So I'll definitely executing the plan. My I know my dad had some people on the on the land now just um moving the cattle, and okay. so we had built a house out there for them, and just um provide food for them every month and their entire family, and I know that there's a little boy that that works out there that I I've talked to, and um I was like how come he's not in school? My mom's like well he can't afford school. And so I just went out to the store and just got a bunch of candy. He was so happy because he's never he's never got that stuff. So it just kind of it's it's kind of nice, you know. And then I went to the elementary school and gave all this candy to kids and stuff, and they're just so stoked and happy. So it's just a good feeling, you know, like just something so small to make them so happy. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of a nice feeling too. For Absolutely. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, yeah. and you mentioned there's still room on your jersey for new sponsors and more sponsors. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, after hearing the story that we've just heard from start to finish, all the different things, I would think you would have zero room. <laughs> I would think yeah. everybody would want to yeah. be on board with that, you know? For sure. Maybe maybe there's an opportunity for Stock and Ride. Sounds I, like I a little something, something. Definitely. Yeah. So if anyone wants a sponsor... Yeah, we'll definitely keep that in yeah. mind. It's yeah. cool because it's um, it's one of those things like, you know, with any company, you know, you want um, your brand to be associated with with goodwill and, thing, yeah. and, and good things that are going on, not just, you know, the, the, the success of the athlete or whatever, not the like, oh, they win all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. You want to associate it with a good person. Right. And, and clearly – yeah, clearly you have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why, you know, you're, that other interview that, you know, I was to a couple of them, and you said, yeah, I'm still looking for a sponsor. I'm like, really? How do you <laughs> have room? So do you have to get your own sponsors? Yep. So okay, much I'm, you do. That's, that's the hardest part of this sport is that since it's kind of new and I'm kind of just doing everything on my own, just um, managing everything and then and then playing. So it's kind of hard to do both, but I'm trying to do – I'm trying to be better at it. Um, I know I can, but I know it also like, kind of stresses me out a little bit. So yeah. it just kind of, um, I'm just, because sometimes when I'm thinking about, oh, I need to make a post today because I'm playing today, but I'm like, but I want to focus on my play. So it just kind of, mm. um, but I know that I can manage that for sure. So I'll try, I'm going to, I'll do better this season for sure um, with all that stuff. But I know I represent um, whatever brand I'm wearing all the time. And I'm always talking about it and just whatever, like, like black sheep hat, I always wear them just because um they're they're my main sponsor right now. Uh-huh. Um, they're a bag company, so that's the I'll be throwing their bags this season. Nice. So and and um, last season I didn't take a bag company just because I wanted to kind of explore, just because I was still a new player. Um, I wanted to explore different brands and just throw in other bags and and not set with one one brand. Um, and I was gonna do that again, but black sheep was um I really like the owners and just how humble they are and, and how they carry themselves and how they represent everything so um i definitely want to be a part of something like that so that's what i definitely want like that type of my jersey too mm-hmm. just because um um i just i just want like a good vibe yeah, and everything and yeah. just like not like a brand that's you know that's just about their brand only and right. like i want a brand that actually cares yeah so. yeah now, did they make the bags that you were you showing me earlier that have your name, like, scripted yep. across? Mm-hmm. They're, they're pretty cool. Really? Because you have I custom want, bags? Yeah, I want mm-hmm. some. <laughs> Andy, you're not at her level. Come on now. Well, but I can still throw those bags. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I can still throw them. Oh, okay. I, can pretend. I, I thought you said you wanted your own. Like, oh, the, no, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't waste Black Sheep's time with that. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, you, you could actually get customized bags from, like, pretty much any brand, too. With the So the league, they just have so many different, I mean... If, if you're willing to pay for whatever bag's made, they'll make it for you. Hmm. 
Okay, so, so, so see, there you I go. Can. Christmas. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Christmas gifts. Nice. Cool, cool. Wow. Well, uh, what, like, where can folks find you? You talked a little bit about the social media and that kind of thing. Like, how can folks follow along? Because, you know, we're talking a little bit about sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And sponsors obviously want to get in front of people. Mm-hmm. And you're putting them in front of people. And where are you, where are you doing that at? So I'm doing it um, mostly on Facebook and Instagram. So my on my Facebook, um, my pro page is just Jackie Saison ACL Pro. And then my um, Instagram is just J underscore S-A-Y-3. And so I just, I'll just be posting on there mainly um, when I'm going to a big event or just, you know, just updates and everything or just brackets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the schedule, you could, if, if you want to follow the schedule, you can, uh, I normally just post like where I'm going somewhere, but I don't make it to all the opens and everything. But um, the the open, well, the whole schedule is on iplayacl.com. So iplayacl.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where are people typically watching that? Like, if they're going to watch you compete or any of the other players, where's where's that being broadcasted at? Do you know? So it's either on, um, there's just different, it depends what event it is. It's mostly on um, American Cornhole League on Facebook. They, they mostly have like live broadcasts. Live streaming, yeah. But then um, it's like the ACL Digital Network, but it, they'll be playing on a Facebook Live too. But then if, if not, then um, depending on the event, sometimes it's like on, on like K9, um, is it K9 Cornhole? And then like, or just like all cornhole or is broadcasting or ultra, it just, it just depends who's sponsoring that event or has a broadcast court. Cause sometimes there's like three bar- broadcast courts, sometimes right. there's only one. So it just really depends on the event. Somebody early, earlier here, I don't remember which one you guys were talking about. Somebody mentioned ESPN. Is it, did they play it on ESPN? Well, yeah. And, and you, you, uh, you put it out there on Facebook or maybe it was Instagram. I saw it that, Hey, we're going to be on ESPN. So I went there. And you weren't on, but since I got the ESPN app, I was able to go back. Is it on the Ocho? Yeah, was it the Ocho? ESPN um, the Ocho? Isn't that? Uh, so, sometimes isn't it's that? on that, but most time it is on just that regular is ESPN. Now. Is it? Yeah. 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 They yep. yeah they do have that. So, sometimes yep. it's on that, but I mean sometimes it's on um, ESPN two. Sometimes it's on regular ESPN. It just it just really depends on the event. If it's if it's um, a national, then most likely it's going to be on the regular ESPN channel or otherwise if it's a shootout. Um, I know last season it, it was going to be on CBS Sports, but now I think they have different plans that um, that they haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. So I think it might it might just carry on all ESPN now, but we're not really sure yet. I know we're doing like um, a super hole, so it's like a pro, a pro and a celeb that oh, team up together. So I know, I know idea. at the championships, we did it at Shamar Moore's house. Do you guys know who that is? No. He's from, like, Criminal Minds um, SWAT. Okay. So he's an actor in there, and he built his whole backyard, too. He, called, he calls it Airmail City. So we had our finals over there for the shootout. And at that, his that house? That was really fun. Yep. Oh, fun. And, it was really fun. And this is, you're, you're, you're talking over a lot of people, and, and me, too, until I kind of met you, but Airmail, that is when you just you throw the bag and sink it right in the hole, right? Yep. Airmail it. <laughs> oh, that's what that's called. Yeah. Yep. Airmail. Okay. Yeah, I think that used one. to be a basketball term, too. I remember hearing that back um, in the day. Was that an air ball, though? <laughs> well, yeah. <but laughs> that's still. Yeah. That's more my lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's probably what you do in Cornell, too. Yeah. No, he uh, was actually carrying me at that other um, event we were playing at. Yeah. Dang, Andy. Yeah. It's just that uh, those boards are 
So they're like bouncy. They were bouncy, and, and we weren't at twenty-seven feet. Yep, different bags at every station. So that yeah, that was more my speed. So you get you get the grassroots guys, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, I kept overshooting it, but I was like on like on you the line, on. and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like not shoot. So you You're know, like and then I was hitting off. the lights, and he was like, don't hit my lights, and I was like, okay, and then <laughs> oh yeah, I had gosh. a low ceiling to deal with. But yeah, um, and you mentioned it real quick there. Your Instagram was jay say and that's your stage name nickname it's just um short just because i know my last name was difficult for a lot of people mm-hmm. to say and i mean i think i originally got the the nickname because there's two jackies um and but that was a long time ago and it just, it just kind of stuck so it was just there's two jackies and so just to clarify like i was jay say and mm-hmm. and then yeah so it just stuck with me throughout the whole I think you know, it's cool, today, so. yeah. and it's ended up being kind of brilliant because you you've built this brand and it's Jay and it's easy to say, it's fun to say, it kind of meets sure. your personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, things just work out sometimes, especially mm-hmm. if you're willing to get after it and put in the work. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. Yes, hundred percent for yeah. sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jackie, it's been fun. I appreciate you coming. Um, it's neat to learn about this. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know all this was going yeah. on. You know, yeah. and that you're the <laughs> Nebraska player and all this kind of stuff. It's super cool. Um, and then to chat with somebody who, you know, has the drive and determination that you have, like, it's pretty inspirational. Hopefully, people dig this. Um, you know, basically, if you want to do something, you can go out and do it. If you want to do it, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line, right? Yep. Okay. Let me ask one more question. What do you want to do for the sport? What do you want to bring that there isn't now? Is there something you said awareness? But is there anything else you want to bring more people to the sport? Or is there anything else that you want to show and showcase to people? Um, I think I'm just, you know, I'm, I kind of just do, I, I know I want to bring like some cornhole boards to Laos and I want them to get started too so they can get ready for Olympics and everything too. Uh-huh. Just because I know um, there's so many, it's just such an easy sport to learn, you know, and, and if someone's willing to just put a little time into it, I know that they'll they'll be playing up there with everyone else and but um it's also kind of i feel like it's starting to pick up now that everyone just kind of it's getting everyone's getting really good like you can't take you can't take it lightly anymore um more and more competitive yep so it's like no matter the opponent you just you know it just you you just never know who you're gonna play against so it just um it it could be a nobody but they are very talented So so even in four years you've seen it grow yep Okay. It's it's grown tremendously, and I mean we had we had a pro with no limbs that was throwing, and he does phenomenal. And then I mean there's like ten year old kids that are killing it, you know, and beating beating the goat of cornhole and everything. So it just it's kind of it's kind of nice to see. But um, basically, I'm just trying to teach people more about the game and and um, trying to get them into it because it's, it's it's not a bad addiction to get into either. Unless you're like buying so many bags, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that can be anything. Yeah, shoes, yeah. whatever. Exactly. Yeah, Good. Yeah, for sure. for okay. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah thanks for, sure. for having me. Yeah. You this got anything fun. else, man? I don't. This you was good? fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yep. For Look sure. Look her up. Jay Say. Yeah. yeah. Check it out, man. Uh, for sure. We're. I know we'll be watching, so that'll be fun. I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So. Yeah. I'll try to rep the best I can. Yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. So we're gonna All close right. it out. Peace. See Later. You.